Welcome to Outbless Weekly, the four-day-a-week Bible study led by Michael Metcalf. Join us live or listen to Outbless Weekly podcast later at outbless.com. Listen as Michael teaches the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, in an easy-to-understand format as he is led by the Holy Spirit and brings the Word to life. Listeners learn how God outblessed us all by sending Jesus Christ to die on a cross to pay for our sins and how God raised him from the dead three days later. Jesus is the risen Lord and Savior and is actively working in every believer's life to outbless them today. Come and listen to the heart of a servant and be outblessed again. Father God, we come before your mighty throne of grace. We ask, Lord, that you forgive us our sins. We ask, Lord, that you minister to our hearts and our minds. We ask, Lord, that you teach us your word today. We ask, God, that as you teach your word to us, Lord, that you would help us to grab hold of it with both hands and not let go of the things that we learn. And Father, sometimes you tell us things in the word and they make no sense to our carnal minds. But that should not surprise us because in the book of Romans, it says that the carnal man cannot know the things of God for they are foolishness unto him. And so we know, God, that your word is spiritually discerned. And it's only when we come with a heart of humility, willing to read, willing to listen, willing to bend our will to your will. That's when you reveal it. And that's when it becomes real to us. So Father, I pray right now, Lord, that we would humble ourselves before you and yield again our will to yours. So as you speak life into us, Father, help us to receive it and not let go of it and to remember it and to be doers of it and not hearers only. And we'll keep thanking you, Lord, because we sure need you and we love you and we praise you. So, Father, we commit this time to you right now. We ask, Lord, that you minister to every heart as we consider your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Psalm 123 is the chapter we're going to study today. It is a prayer for the Lord's help, and it is a song of ascents once again. And so in chapter 123, verse 1, we read to you, I lift up my eyes. You who are enthroned in the heavens. And I like that whole concept. And the reason that I like that whole concept, first of all, is because Psalm 123 is short and simple, like 123. And so it might be simple, but it's powerful. And the things that you and I are going to learn today, they're simple but powerful. And so I hope you remember Psalm 123. Easy as 123, but yet powerful. And so starting with the title, it's a prayer for the Lord's help. Yesterday, we prayed for the peace of Jerusalem. And we learned really what that means was that we would be praying that God's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. But now today, we're going to pray for the Lord's help. So I know that I need the Lord's help today. And maybe some of you also feel like you're in that place where you need the the Lord's help today. And so there's no shame in that. I need it. We need it. Everyone needs the Lord's help today, right now, for the present time of whatever we're going through. 
Well, I want you to remember that it's also a song of ascents. That means that the people that were singing this song, they were on their way up the hill towards Jerusalem. Or you might say they're on their way, they're on their way to meet in God's house or to meet God up yonder. It could be up on the hill in Jerusalem or it could be up in heaven is the idea. And so get ready. If you're going to meet the Lord, you want to go take the right steps. And I want to give you three steps that you can take today to get ready. The first one is to remember that the Lord is God Almighty. And so nothing's too big for him. Nothing's too difficult for him. And so the point is God is able. That's the first step of Psalm 123. The one is that God is able. He's able to what? He's able to do whatever you need him to do. He's able to be whatever you need him to be, provide whatever you need him to provide, and solve whatever problem that you need solving. He's everything that you need. He's able. He's God Almighty, and we need to remember that before we approach him. Number two, we need to remember that God so loved the world that he gave his one and his only son. And so God loves you, and he paid dearly to restore you. And God has your best interest in mind. And so what we learn from that is that God is willing. That's number two. God is willing. He loves you. He cares about you. And he's willing to help you. And then number three, God is ready to listen to you. God's ready to forgive you if you just ask it in Jesus' name. And God's ready to bless you and answer your prayers in Jesus' name. And so God's ready. All you have to do is look up and ask the king of kings who's upon his throne. He's in power. He's in position. And so what are the three things that you need and that I need and that we all need to do to get ready? We need to remember that God is able, number one. Number two, we need to remember that God is willing. And number three, we need to remember that God is ready. And if that's the seed that's now planted in your heart, then you're ready to meet with God. You're ready to talk to him. Because you know he's able, you know he's willing, and you know he's ready to listen. And so verse two, behold, as the eyes of the servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maid to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God until he is gracious to us. There is great wisdom and great instruction in verse 2. It's something that we need to spend a few minutes on and think through and pray about. The first one is that the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master. And so if you have a servant and you have a master, it's like you have an employee and an employer. You have somebody who's working and then waiting for their pay or their provision. That's the idea. And so as they work and they expend their effort, they're looking to their master or their employer, if you would, to receive the reward that they would provide for them for doing that work. And so that's the first example. The eyes of servants look to the hand of their master. It's like those working a job looking for their paycheck they're doing that with some level of confidence that they're going to get paid. Number two, the eyes of a maid to the hand of her mistress. This would be a housekeeper or a helper. And so she's helping clean the house or prepare meals or 
do grocery shopping or whatever she needs to do to kind of help the wife of the house. And then she's looking to the hand of her mistress, that's the wife, for her, for her payment, for her bonus, for her reward, essentially. And so when you consider that, he says, so are our eyes look to the Lord, our God. It's like somebody who's doing a job and expecting to get paid from their employer or a handmaid that's working in the house, expecting the mistress of the house, the wife of the house, to give her the reward. So too, it says that our eyes look to the Lord for God. And what does that mean? It means that just like the workers are waiting for their pay, just like the maids are waiting for their pay, just like everybody else is waiting for the pay, we too should be looking to the Lord in the same way, waiting for us, for him to give us the reward. And so you'd want to do your best. You'd want to try and please him because your word will, your reward will be great. And so God's able, God's willing, God's ready. And so now you need to expect to receive just like an employee would, just like a handmaid would. In that very same way, you need to expect that God is going to reward you. You're going to receive whatever it is that he's promised to you. There's another verse in the Bible that talks about a double-minded man that he should not ask God for anything or expect to receive anything from God because he's double-minded. And what that really means is it means that when he asks God, he doesn't really believe that God's going to give it to him. And so he's full of doubt. He's a skeptic, if you would. But God said that when we ask him for something, we should thank him in advance in Jesus' name and that he'll, he'll give it to us and that we should trust him. And so we need to be like that. We need to trust that God is going to deliver what he promised and have the same level of expectation as somebody working a regular job or even somebody just a housekeeper. It needs to be that simple in your heart, that simple in your mind. If you're praying in Jesus' name, then God's going to give it to you. You just need to remember he's able, he's willing, and he's ready. And so the question is, are you asking? And if you are, are you asking in faith? Are you asking like a double-minded man? Because here's a great key to unlock this. I want you to listen carefully. At the end of that verse, at the end of verse two, the last sentence says this, until he is gracious to us. Until, that word until means that you're waiting for something. And so what are you waiting for? You're waiting for God to do something. That's what you're waiting for. But that means that you do have an expectation to receive it. And so what is it that you have an expectation of God? Here it is. He said, until he is gracious to us. And that's a very curious thing to wait upon God for because gracious or grace, the receipt of grace would be him being gracious to us. It means that he's going to give us generously and he's going to give us even more than what we earned or what we deserved. That's what that means. And it's to us. That means it's not just to me. It's not just to you. It's to all of us. It implies that all who are waiting together not just some of us, but everybody that's waiting on God until he is gracious to us. And so we need to understand that we're all codependent on the Lord. 
To be gracious to us means to give us more than what we truly deserve. And so that's the place I need to be in today. And maybe that's the place some of you need to be in today. Is that you need to, you, yes, you need to pray. Yes, you need to ask God for help. But you need to remember that he's able. You need to remember that he's willing. And you need to remember that he's ready. And then you need to be willing to wait until he's gracious to you. Because he'll give you even more than what you're asking. There's another verse in the Bible that says he's able to do abundantly above all you can ask or hope or think. And that word think really means imagine. And so if God is able to do abundantly above all you can ask or hope or think, that's not abundantly below. That's not barely enough. It's abundantly above. And if you do a real word study of the original words there, it really means abundantly above and beyond. That's what it really means. And so God is able to do far more for you than what you're even asking. And he's able and he's willing and he's ready to do it. You need to unlock it by trusting that he will and expecting to receive it, just like someone who has a regular job or someone who's a housekeeper. The faith of a child, like a faith of the child. Dad says, give me your hand, Michael. And he reaches down his hand and you hold on to his hand and you're holding your father's hand, and now he's going to walk you into Disneyland, and you have no idea of all the wonder and blessings you're about to experience because you're a child, but your dad does. And so too, God the Father is your dad, and he knows all the things that he wants to do for you in your life. You just need to hold on to his hand and trust him. He's already got it all worked out. You don't need to figure it out. It's by grace. It's gracious. Verse three, be gracious to us, O Lord, be gracious to us, for we are greatly filled with contempt. And so allow me the privilege to unpack verse three. First of all, he said, be gracious to us, O Lord. And then he said, be gracious to us again. Why did he say it like that? Why did he have to repeat himself twice? It's obviously for emphasis. It's obviously because sometimes when we cry out, we really need it. And so apparently in verse 3, the psalmist really needed it. His need was great. It was time sensitive. And he needed God to show up now. He needed God to show up sooner than later. In fact, the way it's written, it almost sounds like the psalmist and the way that he repeats these words, it's almost nervously. And so too, maybe some of you today are feeling nervous about something and you're crying out for God to help you, but you're nervous, which implies that you still have a twinge of doubt. I want you to know that you're in good company because listen to what he says right after the first part of verse three. Look at the second part of what he says. He said, for we are greatly filled with contempt. That means you're filled that fill is a lot. It's not a little bit. It means filled is all the way to the top. He's filled with a bunch of thoughts all the way to the top. And those thoughts are with contempt. What does that mean? It means that maybe the psalmist thinks he's undeserving. Maybe the psalmist thinks that our prayers are beneath God's attention or interest or willingness. That's what contempt means. And so the psalmist is crying out to God for help 
At the same time, he's saying, for we are greatly filled with contempt, which is why he asked it twice. That's a very important lesson for me and for you and for everyone listening to this message to learn today. Because we're greatly filled, like the psalmist sometimes, with these ideas. What ideas? That whatever it is that you're praying about, God's too busy. Or that God doesn't care. Or that he's not interested. Or that's below him somehow. No, remember what I taught you at the the beginning of this chapter. God is able. God is willing. God is ready in Jesus' name to meet whatever need you have. Whatever need I have. Whatever help we want to cry out to him for in Jesus' name. And so why is it important to cry out in Jesus' name? Because Jesus deserves it. Because God paid the ultimate price. Jesus sacrificed himself on that cross and paid for our bills. He paid for our sins. He paid it all on that cross and he said it is finished. And when Jesus said those words, it was finished. It was a done deal. And so now God will freely give you all things if you ask it in Jesus' name because he deserved it. You don't. I don't. None of us do, but Jesus does. And the Bible says it glorifies the Father to provide for you and to answer your prayers when you ask it in Jesus' name. And so you can ask it, and even though you still might have some doubt, even though you still may have some contempt in your heart, he's still going to answer your prayers because of what Jesus did on that cross. Wow. Let's look at the last verse today, verse 4. He said, our soul is greatly filled. There, that, that concept again, that something is really filling him up. And here's what he, he's being filled with in verse four, with the scoffing of those who are at ease and with the contempt of the proud. And so let's spend just a couple minutes talking about that. His soul is greatly filled. Many thoughts. There's a battle that's going on in the psalmist's mind. And it's about contempt. And now it's not about wondering if God has contempt for him, but it's the scoffing of those who are at ease. In other words, there are some people in this life, maybe in your life, maybe that you know, maybe at work, maybe around you, maybe your neighbors, maybe a friend, maybe a a coworker that you used to work with. I don't know who it is, but there's someone that you know that might be at ease. That means every everything seems to be going just fine for them financially. It seems like they don't have a care in the world. And you think they're scoffing at you. You feel like an idiot because you think they're scoffing at you. That's the idea. And people who have a lot of money, by the way, they're often against God's people. Those are those of faith. Sometimes It seems like the people that are evil and the people who don't have faith, the people who don't confess that Jesus is Lord, it seems that they may have an easier time of it now. But let me tell you, the tides are about to change radically and rapidly, and the people who are at ease and the people who have no faith are going to pay a very heavy price. And so I'll choose faith over today's comfort any day. But maybe like the psalmist, some of you are wrestling in your mind about this. 
the scoffing of those who are at ease or the contempt of those that are being proud and maybe looking down upon you because you say you're a Christian or because you say you believe in Jesus Christ or because of whatever your present struggle is. And so you think that everyone's looking down at you as if you're some kind of second-class citizen. Let me tell you something, my friends. That's a lie. And the devil is just trying to discourage you. That's what's going on. And so you need to remember what you learned in this chapter. No, God loves you. God is able. He's God Almighty. He's willing as evidenced by the fact that he sent his son to die on a cross for you. He held nothing back. And so he's willing because he already paid for your mistakes and mine. And then he said he's ready to listen to you. He's able, he's willing, he's ready. And so you don't need to have this contempt in your mind, in your heart. You don't need to be filled with these thoughts of contempt like the psalmist was, struggling through that. Instead, you need to come to the throne of God today and ask him for help. And just cry out, say, Father God, you know what's going on. You have eyes to see. And you're alive and you're well and you're on your throne and you know the struggles that I'm in. You know what's going on in my finances. You know what's going on in my family. You know what's going on with my health. You know what's going on with my relationships. You know what's going on in my business. You know what's going on with my relationships, with everybody that I know. So Father God, I I come to you and I ask you to help. And I know you're able. And I know you're willing. And I know you're ready. And so Father, hear the cries of our hearts today. As we cry out and we ask you to help us, Lord. And so I ask you that you get rid of the contempt that's in our minds and in our hearts right now. Every brother and sister that's listening. Every brother and sister that's got a a struggle going on inside their heart or their mind over whether or not you're going to answer them, I pray, Father God, that you settle it right now. And I pray, Father God, that you would provide whatever they need, Lord. And I thank you in advance that I know that I know that I know that you will if they would simply trust you and put their hand in yours just like they were your real father here on earth when they were a little child and they trusted their physical dad. And now, Lord, we've grown up. We're men and women. But we need to spiritually grow up and know that we can trust our Heavenly Father more than our earthly one. And so, Father, would you touch our hearts? Would you give us more faith than we've ever had and learn, God, just to trust you and walk with you every day, knowing, God, that you're going to provide whatever we need? Thank you for hearing that request. Thank you for helping every one of us. I know you will. And so I'm going to thank you in advance. I'm thanking you in advance. Instead of continuing to plead over and over, help me, help me, help me. No, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you for teaching me your word. Thank you that I know the truth and that the truth sets me free. And thank you that my brothers and sisters who listened to this message today got set free too. Because your word is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And maybe you needed to go into our hearts and into our very souls and do some surgery today and get rid of the doubt and the worry and the fear and help us to trust you more, God. 
And so help us to walk as adopted children because that's what you said we are. You chose us, your word says, we didn't choose you. And so we're yours, God. And we're grateful children. And we're saying thank you, thank you, thank you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Outbless Weekly, the four-day-a-week Bible study by Michael Metcalf. If this study helped you, please join us again four days a week at outbless.com. You can listen live or listen later at your convenience. And don't forget to go outbless someone else today by sharing what you have learned. May the Lord richly bless you as you continue to study and seek His face.